Before we get started on this week's episode, I want to tell you a little bit about BOF Professional, our global membership community from the business of fashion, which keeps you up to date with everything you need to know about the global fashion industry. For a limited time, we are offering BOF podcast listeners an exclusive 25% discount on an annual BOF Professional membership. For more details, click on the episode notes. My client's like, well, didn't we just do a request for them? And they said no. And I was like, yeah, but you can't really put it on the designer. It's the PR people. There is a lot of discussion about the red carpet just inherently in itself being sexist. The brands who are going to be super successful in this day and age are brands who are politically aware and who support. If you can shift one person's point of view, I think that's what most of the actresses are, are going for. This is a fashion business. It should be idealistic. It gives people a fantasy so they don't have to deal with the reality of today's world. It's a movement, not a moment. We've just started. Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of The Business of Fashion, and welcome to the BOF podcast. This week, we continue our exploration of all things California from our recent BOF West Summit held in Los Angeles. In a conversation led by Janice Min, celebrity stylists Elizabeth Saltzman, Carla Welsh, and Jason Bolden, as well as the Hollywood reporters Carol McColgan, spoke about how the social movements disrupting Hollywood, Me Too, and Time's Up are changing the way actors and brands approach the lucrative marketing platform that is the red carpet. So without further ado, here is the future of the red carpet from BOF West. I'm Janice Min, and these are our panelists today. Um, and I can't tell you how much having covered stylists in Hollywood for so long as uh, once the editor of The Hollywood Reporter, these three kind of run the town in terms of styling. And Carol McColgan at the very end is the... And Carol. <laughs> Carol. But Carol is the editor, uh, the style editor at The Hollywood Reporter who oversees all the choices and really helps set the agenda for how the red carpet is covered and who gets covered during award season. So I wanted to start, and we should acknowledge, that, and I think this is in their program, how different the red carpet season was this past, these past, this past year. And even though we are, um, we're just four months out of award season now, I think oh everyone has probably had time to reflect on how things went. And I wanted to read you this quote from the business of fashion uh, that ran right, after, right around the Oscars. Uh, the red carpet for the Oscars was once the most valued catwalk in fashion, and only that, with designers using the, uh, the prestigious event to showcase their best gowns, dresses, and tuxedos. While political statements have popped up on stage for decades, that wasn't the case out of the red carpet until recently. So where are we now, uh, knowing that we had black dresses at the Golden Globes, we've had for a few years now the Ask Her More hashtag movement. Where does this put you as stylists when you're making decisions for your clients right now? Elizabeth, let's start with you. I just continue on. I don't think it stops. I think it makes us keep on moving. I still look at the clothes as part of the person. I still take the person and the designer into consideration. It's about them. Um, you listen to the movement. You be a part of it. We work as a team. We are, you know, thinking about the girls and or the women in my case that I work with as individuals and what they want to say. Carla, from where brands sit, 
you know, there, in this Ask Her More movement, there has been a lot of discussion about not asking women what they're wearing on the red carpet or not making that the top priority. Has there been concern by brands on your part about not getting the exposure they once had? No, I don't think so. And just to go back to what my colleague said, it's, that's always been kind of an ethos of like what I do anyways. And so I think when the moment came down that everyone was going to wear a black dress, I didn't have a single brand who wasn't 100% behind it. And I had eight girls going that day. So to me, it's more about, well, journalists should be asking better questions. You shouldn't just say, immediately what you're wearing. You should say, wow, you're here being celebrated for your work. And I don't think that's an unfair thing for any participant in a red carpet to want. So I think it's more on journalists and magazines and how it's covered to be a little bit better at their jobs as well. And I'm happy to support any movement. I think that's something I'm pretty clear about. And you're there to support your clients. And I think most, most brands and the brands who are going to be su super successful in this day and age are brands who are politically aware and who support. It's just, an, it's just adapting. Everything's an adaptation. Uh, you still know what, knew what everybody wore. We knew what Meghan Markle wore the second she stepped out of that carriage. Right. So it's not just about what physically comes out of someone's mouth. The information's already out there by the time they get to someone asking them a question. It also allows PR companies to do what they're hired to do within the firms to get the message out. Right. It doesn't have to be the celebrity that gets the message out for the, the designers. It's the designers, PR firms that can do their jobs. Yeah. Well, I think it's less important because of social media now. So the very moment that an actress steps out or even before that you often know what they're wearing because you the stylists are tagging these things on instagram many of the actresses are the designers are so it's still getting out there the information that said i think like this year when we were working on the stylist issue we asked each of the actresses at the shoots how they felt about being given that question on the carpet we said how do you feel when you're asked by a reporter what are you wearing pretty much everyone said i don't mind i'm fine with that question as long as it's not the only question so i think like going back to what you said about asking them more than just that thing. And also, I think, ask the men, too. So ask the men, ask the women. And also, you know, first and foremost, they're there to talk about the project that they're working on and what they're doing. And then beyond that, I think it's fine, because many of them do have relationships with the designers. They want to support them. And also, they want to support you, the stylist that works so hard. They all said, they're like, we spend a lot of time in these fittings, and a lot goes into it, and a lot of thought and process. So they want to acknowledge yeah. you guys, too. And it's a partnership. I don't know any person that I work with that doesn't want to celebrate who made their dress. And it's an art form and it, it you can have, it's symbiotic. It, it, it's silly to think that it has to be exclusionary. So Carol, from where you've sat as an editor, how did you see award season getting covered differently this year? I mean, I think it was the same, honestly. It was, it was more somber, the tone, and we definitely had you know, a year ago, it was writing about Gucci parrots. And this year, we had two of the major award shows where everybody was wearing black. 
that said, I think we still approached it in, in the same way, and the designers are still sending the releases. I, I don't think it changed anything. I think more than anything, it gave women an opportunity to shine a light on other things as well on the carpet. I loved it. I thought it, I thought was, it was so powerful. Good, yeah. I didn't think it was somber. I thought it was like so, so powerful, and it was palatable, and it was a moment that was a part of a movement. The mistake I think a lot of people in their interpretation of it, or maybe how it was, thing was like, it's a black dress. Like, we've solved all right. the problems. It's like, no, that was symbolic of a great movement that's taking place. It was so fun to see all of the, it, to see creativity, to see everybody's dresses and how Everybody different they were. Great. Yeah, Everybody We could all black, go in this mall yeah, right now yeah. and pick yeah. out a black dress, right. and we right. wouldn't pick out the same one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was also... Um, I, for me, I gained so many new friends, like new stylist friends, because it was like literally I was getting DMs like, what edits do you have? I need a black dress. Like, yeah. I'm like, who is this? Like, and then I'm like, oh, it's you. And I'm like, oh, my God, I love everything you do, but I don't have any edits. So it's like it, it also created this um, this moment where even like the, the people behind the scenes. Yeah. It's a community. Yeah, it created a community, an even bigger community. And it created a community within the women who are wearing it. Yeah. And that's it's good. pretty awesome. So let me ask you a question just on the flip side of this. I, uh, in, I read a lot of clips in advance of this panel today. There is a lot of discussion about the red carpet just inherently in itself being sexist. That women are asked to dress a certain way, spend a lot of time at the gym, maybe don't, you know, lose weight, um, show their bodies in a way that is not expected of men. Uh, so can, the, can these movements, looking down the pike, can these movements coexist with a change in how we view the role of females on the red carpet? I think it, 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 what I think a lot of what this movement is doing is making sure women are more represented at every single level. I mean, the entertainment, of course, industry is sexist. The modeling industry, the fashion industry is all systemically sexist because women are on display. But what I think this movement is doing, especially within actresses, is saying, okay, I want my director to be female. I want my DP to be female. I want the grip to be female. I want more, and Frances McDormand said it, right? Like equity waivers. And so equality waivers, rather, not equity. <laughs> equity too, if you're smart. Um, so I think it could change things, and I think it's going to. I think there's, there's, a, there's a lot of work. When you really think about it, it this, this whole situation has all been built on that. Like, the man is here, the woman is here. So it's like, I always say to my, to my husband, I'm like, we just probably just need to burn it down and start all the way over, because that's the only way there's real shift. And when you start talking about, you know, inclusiveness and, and making this shift, it, there's a lot of other things that have to happen. Like, I work with someone like Ava DuVernay, who is not stick thin, who is not what you see walk down a runway, but it's, when, when is that shift going to happen for the brands? When is that shift gonna happen for the PR people where they can see outside of that, you know, and, and honestly start dressing every type of woman, every race, every body type. So it's a whole lot of stuff that needs to shift. Well, you've seen shifts, right? I mean, even in I've the last, I would say, in the time that I worked with Carol at the Hollywood. <laughs> I, I mean, well, I, I'm, I'm, I've yeah. seen shifts. Being the OG out here. You, you <laughs> okay. definitely, because I probably wouldn't have been on this panel. Right. That's a shift. Right. Yes. Right. So I've seen shifts. 30 human race. I have seen that. 
it doesn't make sense that runways are going to be filled with all shapes and sizes because that's not idealistic. Right. This is a fashion business. It should be idealistic. It gives people a fantasy so they don't have to deal with the reality of today's world. Right. You know, if you really want to get into it, we have a lot of other shit we really have to fix. And this is fashion. It should be fashion. Right. And every designer should make clothes for every shape and size when they have to walk a carpet. Most of them do. I have never been turned down for a plus size, a, a short size, a wide hip, a giant boob, whatever it is that they got. Right. I've, people listen if you talk to them. I've noticed over the last maybe eight years that that's greatly changed because I think also to the non-obvious choices and I have a lot of girls who aren't the non-obvious choice but are incredibly talented in the willingness of designers like a Michael Kors, a Prabble, over, like over the last six years to say yeah I want to dress that person for the Emmys and it also I think has a lot to do with the rise of like how powerful women are in television right. and how the roles have actually changed from movie screens to the power of the TV and so there's all these incredible women we're seeing on the small screen which is really the basis of entertainment now, um, and so a, the the wealth of roles is really is what's changing designers who want to dress like Calvin Klein's dressing Laura Dern. Like that's amazing, and they should. So right. I mean, I think Jason. I'm curious. Do you think that? I think only until recently, and I know there have been changes that people have witnessed. But do you think an over 40 African-American actress, no matter how big her show is, was having the same options. Could she, right now, today? Absolutely not. Good. Absolutely not. There are not the same options. That I have to, the way that I fought for Taraji P. Henson, I mean, this is an Oscar-nominated woman who has, she works every day, like literally every day. She cannot walk in this, this mall without being approached. But there are other women who do not look like her that you wouldn't be able to call her up in a lineup, but yet in the same time, she, can, she has a spreadsheet of options where I have to go in and I have to like constantly, still to today, constantly convince that the metrics that Taraji will bring to your company is astronomical compared to whoever no one will ever see, no one is ever interested in buying anything from them. So the, for me, there's a different shift that I'm waiting to see. And my girls that I like, I have a lot of amazing brown girls, and we're all still waiting for that shift to kind of still happen for, for them. So does Taraji pick her brands based on? Oh, she's loyal. We, we are loyal. If you love me then, yeah. You will love me now, and I'm wearing you to, to my funeral. Like, so, that's how it goes <laughs> with us. So has she rejected brands that were not? We do it all day long. Bye-bye. We do it all day long. But it's, it's also, it's a, different, it's a different situation because what I find myself, I find myself in these bizarre situations where I, I'm at shows or I'm at dinners and, I, and I'm sitting next to a designer and a talent's with me and they're like, oh my God, they're like literally fangirling over the client. And then my client's like, well, didn't we just do a request for them? And they said no. And I was like, yeah, but you can't really put it on the designer. It's the PR people. So you, if you want, like, so it's, you, we got to really kind of figure it out on the on that part, because there's people who sit behind these PR desks who may have never seen an episode of Atlanta, and then you have someone like a Zazie Beats who is the breakout star of Deadpool, and I'm reaching out for, I'm reaching out, and the PR girl's like, well, uh, 
I don't, I don't know who that is. But then meanwhile, the designer is like, oh my God, I don't understand. Why don't you wear my right. clothes? Blah, 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 blah. So it's, it's a huge, it's a huge shift that has to, it has to, sh it has it's to shift. It's communication. That's, that's part it's of it. It's just communication. But it's also though too, my, my, one of my issues is just because you don't play tennis does not make that not valid to the rest of the world, you know? And that's, and that's part of, that's part of my issue that I, we run into all the time. But, you know, the way that the world is set up now, you don't need any of this anymore. Thank God for social media. Thank God for these cool it kids who bypass all of it. So you don't need any of that. You don't need any of that anymore. It's a blessing and a curse, but there's a billion designers. So, so. Carla and Elizabeth, let me ask you, do your clients make decisions based on the ethics and politics of, of companies and designers as well? Yeah, of course. Some, right. not all. Some aren't aware and we try and make them aware. We try and, I try and educate and say, this is why I won't or don't want to work with so-and-so. Right, so I'll give, for example, last week, I only read the headline, I, don't, I didn't read the story, um, so that's my bad, but the comments that one of the designers from Dolce & Gabbana made about Selena Gomez calling her unattractive or ugly. Well, is that something that comes to your, will your clients react poorly to that next award season? Well, I reacted poorly to it. <laughs> I saw that. And, no, right? I was like, whoa. Yeah. No, I had Dolce on my rack for a fitting, and I, I was like, no, those can go away. Right. I don't. That's I, just me. I, I've never, the, you will never see Dolce, you, since the beginning of time, you will not see Dolce on my rack. My girls, we don't, we. It's a bummer. Some of those we, dresses are yeah, great. It's great major, dress. right? And they yeah, fit beautiful. everybody. That's the sucky thing. Yeah. Those, those. You Those silhouettes are amazing. For they shapes. hit everybody. They are for big mamas. And too. they hit, they get everyone. But like, literally, my girls are like, what? And I, like, it was a collection. I was like, oh my God, I need dress 23. I need dress 23. Did he just say that? Right. There goes that. It's out. It's a done deal. You are your brand. Right. Well, so let me ask you uh, another question pertinent to that. How did you feel when Scarlett Johansson wore Marquesa at the Met Gala? This is a answer that for you guys today. Can I be really honest? I think the Met Ball red carpet is such usually a mess. I didn't realize that she wore Marquesa. <laughs> I did. I mean, I didn't. I wanted to know why. Right. And I wanted to know if she was friends with Georgina, if it was supporting Georgina because she loved the brand. Did she love the dress? Did Anna Winter put it up for it? What was the reasoning? Was it a you know? Was it because I wanted to know why? Right. That's all I wanted to know. Uh-huh. I'm with Carla. I didn't even know she was there. I know. I <laughs> like, didn't. no shade, well, yeah. no, no idea. No, there was no idea. I was like, Yara was in Chanel Couture. Was... That's all I care about. So then let's talk for a second. I, probably everyone here knows to some degree that, there, that the intersection of the red carpet and actresses, it is a very lucrative one. That as there have been many headlines recently about the death of the A-list star and being able to get money from fashion brands as an ambassador. And if you look at, you can look at Jennifer Lawrence and Natalie Portman, for example, with Dior, this, is, this can be worth tens of millions of dollars to an actress. Um, can, how aware are your clients of that? That, that basically the, the red carpet cannot be euthanized or eventually that that it will exist that there is a big financial win for both the for both hollywood and the fashion companies if glamour is allowed to exist still 
Does this even factor in your client's thinking? Does it factor in your thinking when you're addressing someone? Well, I think you're strategic. When you take someone on as uh, a client, you think about you're an image architect in a way, you know, to quote our friend Law. Um, but I always think that there's there's an end game inside or there's a goals and maybe your goals are like I want Gucci to finally say yes or maybe it's like I want to be the face of Neutrogena of course it's a business we're getting paid I want my choices to always be when they're with the right person some people just want to come in and you zip them on a dress and you send them on their way and they're happy as clams and that's great but some of us want to think about the strategy and how to build so that the business goes on further. Because I also want to be written into those contracts. You get a beauty right. deal, put me, put me on it. But I, I'm getting you there. Right. Or the we're other getting thing there is together. We all have long-term clients. Yes. That's what we have in common right here. Everybody that we've had, we've had from almost their get-go. So mm -hmm. it's a little bit like being an agent. We're yes. their fashion agent, so to speak. But without our agents helping to structure the deal to make sure we're part of their deals, or to get them to get to the brands so that the brands want to have them as ambassadors. Right. And you know, it's one thing to be the face of a company, which are the, both those names that you mentioned are faces publicly. There's also a lot of other deals that happen where the public wouldn't know about it. Right. So Gwyneth Paltrow, one of your clients, for example, she's the face of Goop, right? So, <laughs> she so is Goop. She is Goop. <laughs> so how does, just uh, for the audience, can you explain some of the thinking that would go into what does she wear that is, what is the Goop brand when she's on a red carpet? Well, she's building this mega company now, so she's no longer thinking about the red carpet in the same way because she's not promoting as many movies. So she's thinking, usually, um, Elizabeth, what's this gonna, you know, what are we doing with this? Why am I wearing this? What right. am I saying? You know, that's the same conversation I had with her 12 years ago as I am now. It's what's the point? What am I saying? What am I doing? And I try and think of things that'll either bring more people to her site. Right. Or that will move something that she wants to promote. Right. Or maybe a deal that, you know, if she's going to do a deal with frame, she should wear a frame. Right. I say that because they're right in my eyesight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's not always that, too. You know, a lot of it's just your client wanting to feel amazing and a personal expression always. of themselves. Like, like yeah. and supporting indie designers. Young designers. That's, that's one everything. of the greatest joys is like when you breaking find someone. someone on Instagram. And we love breaking people. We love breaking people. <laughs> breaking them breaking in. Breaking And introducing <laughs> them. Both. <laughs> Hollywood breaks them. You break, <laughs> you break designers in. Um, so, Carol, who do you think does it right on the red carpet? Who has, who has been able to tell a big story? Hi, Carol. <laughs> Carol. Who, who did What's it? up, girl? I'm sitting, I'm sitting closest I, to you. But you know, you've, uh, you've picked... I have the longest hair. I believe everyone on the stage has been on a cover of The Hollywood Reporter with a client, right? So what do you see consistently that makes things right? At, if we're both stylist and star. Stylist and star. Um, I think it's nice when somebody has a style that's up authentic that's kind of their own um, you see a lot of the same a lot of people playing it safe so I think it's nice when somebody will take a risk on the carpet um, you guys are all looking at me I'm not Just waiting <laughs> it's all the people that these three dress no it's um yeah I think it's nice to Carol's see something that is a moment running for president <laughs> right <laughs> Um, but I think, but I, I'm just going to 
interject yeah, yeah, sort of answer for you that when I was your editor and you would, when we would talk about the stylist issue, it was all about, I, I felt like, consistency of look and progression right. in an award season. Yeah. And you can have like a one-off hit, but it is. It's about somebody that can consistently bring it. I mean, everybody's going to have some things that work and some things that don't, but at least they tried. But yeah, it's that they're... We're looking at, you know, award season for us starts with Cannes and goes through the Oscars. So somebody that's consistently in that period just knocked it out of the park. So, and it could be in a gown, it could be in a pantsuit. It's, again, it's somebody that has an authentic style and that they're, you know, garnering attention. They're doing it in the right way. Right. So, uh, so let me ask everyone on the panel then, and maybe Carol, you can answer this as an editor. So these events have happened on red carpets. They've become politicized, the black dresses. America doesn't seem to reward it in terms of ratings. It has been a very challenged year for the past year in awards show ratings. And if you follow social media, you'll see obviously a lot of people in support. And then because we live in a very divided America right now, a lot of it's saying, you know, I don't watch awards shows to be force fed a political message. What do your clients think about this? Does it, does it impact how they, about that? Does it impact things they want to say? Do they rehearse things, comments they would like to make to reporters with you? I mean, this is, I, I think if, when I think of awards nights, it is the single biggest nights. They're the single biggest nights for Hollywood to market itself to the world. And if the message underscores the political divide that already exists, does it, it, is it effective still? Do you feel like actresses on red carpets can still change the way people think and feel? All you need to do is change one person, right? Like yeah. that's the ultimate goal. You just wanna shift. You wanna be able, you, you wanna tap into a, to one or two people. That's all it really takes. At the end of the day, the movies are still selling. It's still happening. So I don't, I don't think we need to like try to the perfect world. I mean, Carla would want all you guys to vote for one particular person and not the other one. But it's I just not want you to vote, actually. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. But yes, the idea is like the idea is like if if you could get one person out of this to vote, you would go home and be excited about it, right? Of so it's like I think the idea of 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 it not being successful in ratings. I think that. It is what it is. They're not gonna never show the Oscars again. They're gonna keep trying and trying, and this is, this is just what it is. So if you can shift one person's point of view, I think that's what most of the actresses are, are going for. And I think it's your right. I think it's a great disservice to think that if you're not in politics, you don't need to be political. Because if you're breathing and you're paying taxes and you belong to society, that means you're political. And I think we've been conditioned to think, oh, you're not allowed to have an opinion. <laughs> That's our problem. Right. You should have an opinion, and it should be your right to say whatever you want, right, whether it's on that side or this side. Sure, we're hyper-polarized, but maybe if the ratings are low, we have to think about making the show more entertaining, but definitely not curbing no. what people who are being celebrated are allowed to say. <laughs> Um, so then I have a, <laughs> you're getting applause. Um, I like <laughs> I have a, I have a question for Carol, and, but I would love all of you to chime in on this. So I think, you know, we are, there's so many movements in Hollywood right now about equitable treatment. 
and about harassment and bullying, editorially, there have traditionally been best and worst dressed lists that come out after a red carpet. Um, ha Carol, has, this, has the moment changed the way that you think about those things, knowing that a best dress list is inherently competitive, meaning there are winners and losers? I, for one, am not a fan of worst dressed. I think that it's passe. I think that it's not necessary. I think it's a good thing to celebrate the best dress, not in a way that it's pitting women against each other, but celebrating the glamour and the work that you guys do and, and the designers. I think everybody wants to be a best dress moment. That said, celebrating the best of the night versus calling out somebody that maybe didn't have as great of a night, I don't think that's necessary. I think that's over. Yay. Agree. And by the way, read the comments. Right. You're going to find out if you're, there, it's all the hates there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to add to it. Yeah. Right. Although I love being, having one dress be the best and the worst. <laughs> that means it, you, you nailed it. It happens. Yeah. So, okay, so all, all of you right now, you have a, a microphone for Business of Fashion. You would advocate getting rid of worst dress lists in media. 100%. Any negativity should be yeah. gone. We don't, we don't need any more of that. <laughs> you like a worst dress list? It's not that I like a worst dress list. We just like to banter. Yeah, we had a little banter. It's like, okay, you're saying like... Well, us sitting and having a glass of wine and saying, ooh. Ooh, right. Yeah, that's what that's I'm saying. Like, don't, but we don't need to publicly out You don't people. need to like harass and bring someone down, but also, also at the end of the day, like we really do need to be realistic. It's like, like when people are like, well, we don't need to let people know that they're winners and losers. No, that's life. You lost. Mm, right. It is what it is. Deal with it. Move on. But if <laughs> once you allow someone to like literally give, like, you cannot take on someone else's vibration. Your vibration is your vibration. If you walked out and you killed it, that is your priority. F what you say about it. It's like people yeah. feed into the wrong things. Like these things can exist. There's things that exist all day long. But if you constantly feed into it, then you like that. You actually like that. You actually want to go, because you're actually going to seek it out to see if you made it. But you're fine if you didn't make it. But somebody else who made it, it's like, oh, it's fine. Then you, you move on from it. So secretly, I think there's a, lot of, there's, a, there's a lot of people that say all these things that really don't live up to this. And that's, part, that's my problem. That's my problem. It's like, these girls are like, we should just get rid of it. And it's like, but I just caught you on Instagram scrolling. You literally went to that page and, ch and checked it out. And then you're showing people. Right. Like, so it only matters when you're not on the list. Right. That's, that's my problem. That's why I go back to like, let's all check ourselves and be real with ourselves and say, are you saying that because you really want it gone? Or are you saying that just today because you're not on the list? Right. Hypocrisy. That's my problem. Yes. I just like to call a spade a spade. Let's just keep it real. I noticed. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to play these games. But you don't, okay, you don't so we have to negativity. I don't want to spread it. I don't want to spread I mean, you know what I'm saying. Like, I don't want to spread it, but I just also want to, I want to bag back up to what it's really about. You don't want hypocrisy. Yeah, That's I want to bag back up. Like, what do you really think? Do you really think you want to do that? Because now you're just lying to me. No, no, no. Uh, no there's a no. room for good criticism, and there's a room for, like, I think, I think what we're really missing on red carpet lists is a really educated point of view. And someone who is a real critic looking at stuff and objectively saying, okay, what was this? Right. What was that? What, and, and also... What was behind it? What was behind it? And also understand the hierarchy. One girl is not 
uh, the hundred girls are going, one of them's getting Chanel. There is a hierarchy oh, to right. the red carpet, mm -hmm. and so you do the best with what you're kind of given. Okay. And I'm sorry to cut you off. No, you just... Yeah, we got an end sign, but really quickly, I want to hear um, one prediction from the upcoming awards season. And about fashion. No one's seen any of the movies or anything like that. So will it be, will it be political? Will there be another black dress moment? Will, is this moment still going to go through into 2019 on the red carpet? So I'll start with you, Elizabeth. Well, how am I supposed to know? <laughs> I predict we'll be tired. What? I predict we'll be tired. Right. Do you want us to predict it? Yeah. Okay. No. We're all going to be wearing Times Carla. <laughs> all right. yes. No, in all honesty, I don't think there's a way to know. We didn't know about it before. Correct. And so something could pop up. I think it's going to be about there is a change happening. There's a seismic shift, but it's still going to be about talking to your women, listening to your women. If you dress men, the men too. Um, but listening and working together to make the best choices you can that you do as a team. And it really is a teamwork. People need to understand, like, this is not a really easy job. This is a, we are all talking about how it's a, it's a really long job. Right. We're lucky to get two weeks off. I, I agree with that. <laughs> I, uh, Jason, you look like you have something to say. I, I definitely think there's going to be something else. It's a, it's a movement, not a moment. Yeah. So it's definitely going to, the momentum is, is we've, we've just started. We we got a lot of we got a lot of stuff that's coming up. Okay, Carl, I think you you. Well, do you have something more to say? <laughs> I always have something more to say. <laughs> no, I think that we'll just continually adapt. The red carpet will adapt, and because right now we're in a bit of a bubble, it's like we're very high on the the experience and all the goodness and the money and this and that. But I think there will be a little bit of an adjustment, and I think it'll come a lot from journalists asking. But all right. Carol, so then what's your prediction? I mean, I think something could come up, like Elizabeth said, because I don't think any of us could have predicted what happened this past year, or even, you know, with the Globes was so last minute. I don't know, but I, I don't think we're going to see another all-black carpet. I think that even from, you know, Globes, by the time we got to the Oscars, we had people back and electric blue and there was a lot of white because I remember one of the stylists even said to me they it was uh, Laura Dern Christina Ehrlich said we chose that as a symbol sort of of moving from this darkness into the light and it's a, a sign of the progress that's happening and the changes being made so I think you know people are not gonna have the all-black carpet again that said something could always happen I don't know all right Carol, Carla, Jason, Elizabeth, thank you very much. Thank you for joining us.